This episode brought to you by our friends at King Canine, providing pet owners with the highest quality organic hemp products for pets available on the market. Bringing joy to families nationwide, helping them keep their four-legged family members healthy and happy. Go to their website and use the coupon code MURF15, M-U-R-P-H-1-5, MURF15, for an instant 15% off of all of their pet wellness products at kingcaninewellness.com, K-I-N-G-K-A-N-I-N-E, wellness.com. All right, let's just get uh, let's just get our other guests plugged in here. Just keep this plugged in the whole time, and you can do whatever you want to do. The Bill Murphy Show. The stories behind the music. In season twenty, episode two. Welcome again to a new year. Thanks a lot for all of your follows, your likes, and your shares. We appreciate it. Ooh, look at that. Yeah, feel free to play along if you'd like. Today, we go deep into bass with uh, David Pistorius. This is um, the treat for me because I uh, am doing this sort of in real time, learning about this guy. No, go ahead. If you want to play along, go ahead. Perfect. You're hired. You have to come here for every podcast now and play along with the theme song or you get a different bass take on it. The first time he's heard the song, <laughs> he doesn't surprise me, he can already put some amazing stuff on it. <laughs> what the hell was that? See, that's what it's all about. David Pastorius is here showing off in the studio. We got him live. I've got him with his bass. We're going to hear him play some stuff. I hope you got something prepared that you can just perform solo, right? You've got pieces yeah, of music kinda. you do solo yeah, on I bass. Do. I, right. I, I improv a lot. You so. can bring yourself right up as close to that as all you right, feel comfortable up. getting, man. We got to get you up close and personal. David Pastorius joins Hello. us. The, the uh, details are sketchy as far as what I know about this guy, so I'm sort of going to learn as we go but i do know that you have a kick-ass band called local 518 yes you have a new album out with those guys uh yeah with them more or less yes and you are the current bass player for the pat travers band yes i am and we got to see him play at the uh nico's anniversary party where i got to perform and not with you but actually for a few minutes with pat which was really kind of cool and surreal and it must be uh, let's start with that what's it like to play with the pat travers band there's been lots of uh pretty talented bass players in that band yeah it's funny because uh when i found out about possibly trying out for pat travers uh i had never really i mean i knew who pat travers was but i i didn't really pay much attention and i thought he was like just kind of like a blues guy <laughs> and uh <laughs> i actually thought it was robin trower wait a minute did you grow up too late to get into the whole pat travers thing or what um i mean i was born in 77 all right okay i mean <clears throat> i've known about pat travers because he lived in he's lived in florida for right. a while he was just a florida cat to yeah you. yeah so when i uh my buddy tommy craig who's been in the band probably about six months longer than me now and i grew up with tommy around town playing and stuff like that and i found out that uh their bass player was leaving uh rodney moving right the fog hat Mm -hmm. oh so wow is that what happened i didn't even yeah. know that okay so i called up tommy and i was like hey see if you can get me a tryout for that all right so <clears> you <throat> actually show up and does pat know that you are like he probably figures you know all of his music ahead of time and you had to pretend that that was the case no not at all um i he uh he gave me a couple songs to learn and uh 
being not too smart, I waited. Like, <laughs> I, like I said, I assumed I get. I assumed he was like just pretty much blues. And so, so like he like sent you a song stu- to listen to, and you didn't, yeah, you didn't listen to it. It was stupid of me. <laughs> and then like about two or three days before the first rehearsal, I said, "Well, I'm gonna check some of these tunes out." And I think the first thing was like getting better. Uh huh. And I was like, "Oh, there's a lot going on here." There's that's a, lot, a good one. A lot to, more. You got time signature changes yeah, in there. You got, oh man. And Mars. That's the first time I really right. listened to Mars. He's like an unsung bass hero. He's amazing. So did you? That was the first time you'd really heard Mars. Yeah. All right. So did you go back and kind of really, oh, yeah. retroactively admire what he was doing? Oh yeah, absolutely. So what did you take away from how Mars played? Because I find. Not being a bass player, but being a huge fan of bass players, I don't know what it is particularly. I want to say it's the pocket that he stayed in all the time. The, yeah, that, but but it, there's a lot to do with, like, uh, for instance, like, say say the way, uh, like, Life in London. Right. The way he'd play, like, 16th notes. It's about how long you hold each note. Because, you know, for instance, like, uh, you know. But then he goes, when it goes to the uh, verse, it's like, it's like, Originally, when I first started learning, I was just going like. Which is what I thought it was, right? But he's like. Really? He does this like, yeah. So there's more jump to it. Yeah, yeah, this like really cool. Yeah. So he's creating actually more rhythm in the track by doing that. Yeah, he, there's a way he held the notes. And mm-hmm. it's like, there's all kinds of stuff. And he's very creative, came up with interesting lines. Yes, he would that, yeah. sing these notes, these lines at the ends of, oh, I yeah, guess, like a chord. Right, right. Uh, Just throw yeah. one of those in there. And a lot of them you wouldn't hear till about three quarters of the way through the record when he'd put yeah. that variation on there, you know. And he's one of those guys that was like a good drummer where he'd keep you waiting for that. Mm-hmm. But uh, man, Mars, rest in peace. But what a pair of shoes to fill. That's really cool. So how's that been going with Pat? Good. Playing with him about three and a half years now. How often does he play now? Uh, It varies. So no, how many over the last per year have you say you would do average with uh, him now for three and a half years? I don't know. That's a hard guess. A couple dozen? Oh, more than that. Oh, wow. More okay, than, good. That's yeah, good to hear. Than, yeah, definitely more than that. What? All right, so Pat's out there playing more than I yeah. even thought he was. It's no coincidence that your last name's Pastorius and that you play bass. Well, there actually is sort of a little bit of a coincidence that you play bass because it's not necessarily why you play bass, but you are directly uh, related to Jaco Pastorius, his nephew. And you can't blame anybody that sees you play and just immediately assumes that you were um, mainly influenced by him. Although if you look at your styles of play and you really get into the intricacies of how you play, perhaps that wouldn't be the case. But you're not as directly influenced by Jaco as one would imagine, correct? Um, initially, when I started playing, I can, and I've said this before to people, I was like, I, nothing to do with Jaco. I, like, I, I didn't pay much attention. Um, I think I met Jaco maybe two or maybe three times in my life. When I was real little, maybe I did more, but I don't remember. But you Two knew times who he was. Yeah, yeah, I knew who Obviously. he was. I knew he played bass, but I didn't know what a bass was. I didn't know if it was the one with four or six strings. That's basically how much I knew okay, back then. Okay, when did you start playing um, bass? My buddy in school, Sam Griffith, um, junior high, when I, was, when I was like 15, went to his house one day. I had no idea that he played bass. And uh, he pulled out like that uh, one of them Sears first act basses. Really? And he just started playing a... <laughs> Right, and I was like, ground oh, yeah. Action, and I was like, man, what instrument is that? And he's like, it's a bass. You dummy, that's what your uncle played. I was like, no, no way. That's what he played. You're how old? That was it. 
15. Okay. And that was like, that right there was Sam Griffiths would inspired me, my friend Sam, to play bass. And you just spun on a dime at that point and just became all about bass. Pretty much are saving up are saving up money to buy a bass. If I'm doing the if I'm doing the math correctly, at 15, you're 42 now, so there's uh, only a limited amount of years for you to get where you got. So you must have been in the deep end the whole time. Yeah, I play. I mean, you know, I've, uh, I uh, I play a lot. You know, I, I've there's been times where I haven't played as much, but yeah, I pretty much play. I guess the big question I'm most curious about being related to Jocko and looking back at your style and what you've accomplished and how relatively easily you picked up playing the bass. I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, you didn't work as hard as others, but you know, you ever wonder if, uh, you know, some of this talent that you've got is, uh, directly or indirectly related to science and DNA. Oh, it's possible. I mean, it's, well, you know, when I started playing, of course I started digesting Jocko stuff somewhat and learning some, and there's some, there's some things in there. Right. You know, I mean, I definitely put in a lot of work too. But maybe just but, the whole general connection to the base, you know? Who knows? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really think about it too much, but yeah, maybe. All right, so I want to get you to play your bass live on the show. And uh, yeah, put your headphones on here. And um, I was going to put you on the spot and make you play something from beginning to end. But first, let's go. Let's listen to some of your, uh, your work. You got a solo album out, but which is more recent? The uh, Radio Gold? Yes. Radio Gold is the more recent mm-hmm. thing you've done. Yeah. And the Local 518, where I heard a, uh, a track called The Chase. I'm tempted. I'm thinking I'm going to play that a bit later. That's on the same. That's on this album. Oh, it is on yeah, this album. Both on this album. Oh, okay, so I'm getting that. So Local 518, you guys also have a record out, right? Oh, yeah, we got two albums. Okay. And The Chase was actually on our first album, but um, we redid it for my that's album. That's why I'm confused, because yeah. it's on both. Okay, but so let's the, listen to something here. What's this uh, Supersonic? Tell me a little bit about how this uh, Radio Gold project happened. When was this? And, and excuse me for not knowing that. Nah, that's fine. <laughs> I don't even know it. Um I just had all these a bunch of different songs, you know what I mean, the bits and parts. And uh, Brendan, the engineer at Studio One Hundred One, where it was recorded, he's actually singing on this. It's him and Mike Ramsdale. They have a they have a group called Italian Plush. Oh, okay. So they sang on this. All right. And how uh, long ago was this? Uh, this came out March. Was it March? March eighteenth. It came out. I of think. that was of, of nineteen. Of nineteen. All right. So here yeah. it is from Radio Gold. This is David Pistorius and Supersonic. David Pistorius, Brendan Paredos, Mike Ramsdell. Okay, Al Brodeur, Michael Laredo, and Alex Petrosky. It's supersonic. Let's check it out. Little Debbie's got a Chinese lunchbox, snacks inside, and a favorite sip box. She claims the scent it can who cures the blues. It's found the grass is kind of funny when the scent is blue. Squad meets at the downtown spot after dark by the park. Hey, yeah. Drop top car ride, Evan Blue. It's original flavor. 
That's Supersonic from David Pastorius from the album Radio Gold. He's our guest on this edition of the show in the studio with his bass. Are you a co-writer on that uh, music as well? I wrote the album. You wrote the whole it's album. My, yeah, what about the lyrics album. and the words? No, I don't write lyrics. All right, well, let's see. Uh, well, the, most of the albums have been instrumental. So how many of them have vocals on them? Three. Okay, all right, there you go. How long have you been writing music? Ever since you've been playing bass? Um, like, pretty just, much as soon as I picked up the bass, I wanted to start you know, getting sounds out of it and making things up. It was more about doing your own stuff than other people's stuff. Yeah, at first. I mean, at first there's, you, hear, you hear stuff you want to figure out and copy and stuff, but yeah, it was eventually just trying to write my own stuff. So I, I'm guessing you didn't spend a lot of time in cover bands when you were younger. You didn't uh, I've done some do of that. Whole thing? More like the kind of covers stuff was like, you know, like uh, blues, okay. southern rock, you know, like bar bar cover band stuff. Anything that you could turn into your own halfway through, right? You just sometimes if there was yeah, a jam yeah. at well, the end of that's it. That's kind of what happened when I started jamming with Al, my guitarist in local five eighteen. Originally we were doing shows and you know, like your normal like shows doing the same like uh Southern mm-hmm. Rock, Jimmy Buffett, stuff like that. But we ended up like improving over everything too. So when I watched you play with Pat Travers, and that was the first time I'd seen you, and it was it was all like it was all happened at once. I was with Mark, who's a bass player in my band, and I've known since high school, and we've watched Pat Travers in concert dozens of times before back in the day. So it was a big moment for us, and to watch you play those songs, I was sort of taking it all in at once. Who is this guy? Oh my God! Look what he just did with that song. Oh, look at the, I can't believe he's doing this take on this. Oh, they're doing this song, and it was all happening at once. It was an overflow, and I watched. And amidst all of this, there were two observations I made. And I don't know how deep you want to go with me on this, or or if I even explain it correctly. But I made an observation that I thought I was watching the loudest bass <laughs> player I'd ever heard. Okay, <laughs> and then at the same time, I thought that's a really good thing because what's happening is you got a three piece power trio here. You got Pat Travers playing parts and trying to cover two guitar and three guitar parts on the, yeah. from the records and Mars, we all knew what he did before, but what you're doing is creating sort of this blanket of bass and a, a whole, a whole feel at the lower end, but also like maybe covering tracks that uh, covering places that rhythm guitar players would be doing if they were there as well. Are you trying to do more than just play the bass parts when you're doing this Pat thing and is, am I hearing and what you're trying to do? Yeah, in certain places where it feels like it needs to be filled out because it's just a three piece. Right. You know. It's like, just, you can't get away with playing that loud unless what you're doing is really uh, significant. You know what I mean? Like if it really has a part of the music and I think what you do is you're playing parts, some some of the parts in that show so loud that it's it's necessary it's sort of in part of the engine of that part of the song so to speak yeah you know what i mean yeah so that's 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 the observation i made but i also thought that you made it look like bass oh man you made it look like it was so simple it's such a cliche to say man he really made that look easy you know but you do, i think you go beyond making it look easy to me it looks like you're at a point where it's all coming from somewhere else because what your fingers are doing your eyes are only looking at it some of the time, but what your fingers are doing is sort of just automatic at this point. It's all coming from somewhere else. It's almost like you made it look like, oh, this music thing, I'm going to get through this hour and a half of playing this music. This is like so easy. It's almost looked like it was below you. I mean, in a comedic way that I say huh. that, but I always thought that it, have you mastered it to that level where it's just technically, you're not really even thinking about what you're doing. It's more emotionally. Um. Well, I mean, I wouldn't, that sounds kind of like, I don't want to sound, arrogant but i'm very comfortable with the pat travers set um it takes a while 
you know, but once you start to get comfortable with it, you can start to get more creative and right. throw in little things here and there. But it took a while. But yeah, I feel pretty comfortable with this set now. But I guess that's really what it and comes down to. And it's like anything to. anybody does that they that they can do pretty well. When you get comfortable enough easy. around it, you make it look like it's the simplest thing. Yeah. Shifting back now to the uh, Radio Gold, your solo album. How many solo albums do you have now? Which one is this? That's my first one. That's your first mm -hmm. one. When did that start becoming an idea that you were going to do that? So you um, recorded it in 2019. So when did you start saying, I think I want to do a record? Two well, 2018. So probably like it took you about a year to do it. Maybe a little less. Okay, but yeah. So I'd say that's a that's a fair, safe, you know, amount of time. And did you have you had the guys all picked out and ready to go and and do it at that point? Well, I, I knew for the drums, I wanted Alex Petrosky uh -huh. to pretty much play on it, and because he, he's local, he's the guy. He's like one of my favorite drummers I've ever played with, and he just happens to be a local guy he's that really, I get to play really, with. Really good. So yeah. And but and but I'm just trying to put the pieces together here. Did do, were the the lyrics and the and the words already written, or were you gonna? I'm no. gonna get somebody involved, in, and then it's all gonna come together. No, this that that song right there was just kind of like this groove we had laid down, and uh, I remember thinking, man, this would sound good with some lyrics. So Brendan and his buddy Mike, they have the Italian plush. They were like, uh, let us let us try something with it. So I was like, yeah, okay, oh, very sure. cool, sure. All right, so now if I take a step back, it looks to me like you originally planned on making it all an uh, instrumental record. Kind of, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. kind of. I had a couple a couple that I thought would have, like, vocals, kind of, like, have different guests, not like a singer in the band, but, mm -hmm. like, different guest vocals on different parts of things. I forget which, uh, I did see, I, I made a point of not doing too much research on you because I wanted to sort of discover things organically with you, uh, but I did see one interview, or I read one, I'm not sure what I did, where you talked, there's a really interesting story about this bass that you're holding right now, about how that came about, how you got it, when you first played it and how you ended up owning it it's a, do you want to tell that story oh i mean well i met the guys at the the uh, the nam conference which is going on right now yeah. as a matter of fact right yeah i'm sure they're out there I, yeah, i'm yeah. guessing they're out there but um uh yeah i, I when you say the, those guys you're talking about marlo bases mm -hmm. marlo uh gerald marlo and christian fabian are the two guys from marlo m a r l e a u x yeah it's like a french right. it's like french what is it french spelling kind and of it, a marlo this was, German bass. From what I got, it's sort of a love at first play with you. Yeah, well, I was just kind of walking. I was at the NAMM conference and uh, kind of walking around, and I noticed that, uh, well, first off, just the look of the basses looked really cool. So I walked over there, and I noticed that, like, all the really ridiculous players, whenever they weren't at their booths, they were kind of hanging over there with ah, Gerald and It was Christian. the cool place for the bass players. That's where it seemed like, yeah. <laughs> so I went over there and started hanging out a little bit and playing their basses. And... uh Christian Fabian, who I've, I've done, uh, like I did like a bass duo album with him later on. That's mm -hmm. called No Tricks. You can check that out too. It's kind of cool. Just two bases. I will. But um, he ended up talking to me and at first, you know, they were just, they were just uh, saying, man, you sound, you sound great. And they were trying to, <laughs> um, they were trying to, they were trying to like, nudge you into playing? Nudge me in, no, not, not actually nudge me into buying it. Oh, but I was I like, see. I don't okay. have no, I was like, literally, I don't have any money. But, but, but at that point, did it, was it something you thought, wow, I really would like to have this bass? Yeah. Abso it, oh, absolutely. So you liked it when you played it as much as you liked it when you saw it? Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. They played great. What is it now? Again, this is the, this is the, what's it like to be a bass player person in me? It's like, I, what is the thing that, or if there's three things that you said would make a, a bass comfortable for you to play, what are the things you look for and what did that, that this bass had? Well, act, well, things. right off the bat, I mean, you can you can fix action and mess with the action, but the action was just was set perfect. perfect. Yeah, right. it was set perfect. Um, the finger, the spacings, you know what I mean? 
there's enough space. Sometimes, well, especially on five strings, which they have. Sometimes on certain five strings, it's, it's too close together. Right. I so like the, I like the bigger. The so spread, there's yeah. no visual here, but I, you're looking at your right hand down where the yeah. the strings are the widest apart. Yeah. There's enough room there for you. Some and just, some of them are too some of them are too tight together. Yeah, right? and just the tone of it. Really. You know, certain basses that you play are like, you play them and they make you they make you creative. It's weird. Like you play different when you pick up certain instruments. Right. You know, it's weird. So, okay, so that inspired a whole, like, type of, not a whole type, but sort of a style for you. Oh, it's inspired some new stuff, that right. new type of things that I do. All yeah. right, well, let's hear this thing. Play it for me. It's really cool. We made David plug this in. Oh, it's a, it's got some, are those uh, some? Thumb marks, yeah. Those are from you? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's got some, got some Pastorius damage on it. <laughs> what where you're thinking when you're doing that you, you're just like experiencing different styles all at once and then and jumping from one to the other while you're doing something like that maybe kind of yeah something yeah. like that yeah something like then i have like i can play another thing if you want and we'll see you i'm almost see you like self regenerating as you're going like you're you're playing something then that particular little thing that you did inspired you to do something else and you just run right into yeah, that yeah and within it's that like, there's licks oh, that look we over have. here i could try this and, you know? and, and within improv there's always licks that you kind of go to so right. you know what I mean? It's like some While you're you always kind of, and you put it do. together a certain way. It sounds uh -huh. different. All right. Now. So what did you, what were you going to play for us now? Uh, I can, let me think. I can mess with uh, one of the tunes on the album. Nice. That would be cool. So what is the, what is the tune called? It's called Nikoa. It's after my son. All right, cool. Yeah. So it's like, we'll try it. And I'll probably, <laughs> well, this will be we'll a very see. unique, uh, exclusive version of it on the Bill Murphy show. Thank you. 
good till the, the last. Uh, no, what last happened night. at the very? That sounded, like, that sounded like a simple like, retard I, to it, me. That's no, all. but I was like, what, am I going to enter or am I going to go again? No, that was That's cool. That was really fantastic. What was the name of it again? Nicoa. So we heard it exclusively. I love that version. See, that standalone by itself is great. Now you got me dying to hear the record version of that to compare to see what interpretation that is. But that is great standalone as it is. Um, let's listen to something else. I want to listen to a track. This, to me, is... Um, there's one that is, lo- looks like it's going viral when I saw it. It had thousands of views on YouTube. And um, I was calling it. I played it for Mark and my brother during the holidays. And I was saying, listen, you guys, this is like the... Uh, the YYZ of 2019. Oh, nice. So it was uh, The Chase. Yes, The Chase. Um, we want to listen to this one. This is, um, th- you had a hand in writing this all by yourself. You wrote this? Yeah, well, this is basically like me and Al, the guitar player. This, okay. was, this was actually, we got a record deal in Japan, and this was the song they they they, they freaked out over and brought us over and had us play over and there. And the so drummer yeah, is? Alex Petrosky. Now he, when you brought that to him, he must have been like, oh, yeah, I'm oh, yeah. all over that. Yeah. Because as you'll see, there's some great parts that just the, the drumming, everything in this is equally as phenomenal. It's like when you watch it once, you have to watch it two more times because you're like, okay, I want to watch a guitar player now. And then you watch it the third, I want to watch a drummer now. And then you go back and forth. So here it is. If you haven't already heard it and you're just being turned on to David Pistorius, this is The Chase. <laughs> Thank you. 
and even the ending there, it's just like a YYZ type of thing. It ends suddenly like that, and you, you kind of feel it coming. And uh, all together, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. You started to tell me this was the song that really got uh, who to yeah, get you to go where? Yeah, we sent the, uh, Japan. Oh, wow. We, we, yeah, we got a Japanese record deal, and they they paid for us to do like the uh, the album and in, in the second album. Really, really great stuff. David Pistorius, um, by the time we have aired this, uh, you will have already played at Cagney's doing a, um, a jam night there. So I hope that went well. And, and on the 26th, you have a gig in South Florida. That's yeah, at Tavolino's. 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 That's where my, yeah. my buddies from the groove play all the time. Oh, okay, I, cool. I keep promising them I'm going to go see them there, and I haven't yet. Sorry, Dan. Any more, um, any more jam nights coming up? Is this a one-time deal at Cagney's, or are you going to do For this right again? For right now, yeah. I've just got, I just got invited to come out and do this night. So and where are you living fun. these days? I live in Satellite Beach, Florida, Brevard so, County. And so it sounds to me like you're going out at least, what, a, uh, f- at least a few times a month, maybe more, to play with Pat. And those, a lot that's of usually, them- yeah, usually. I mean, sometimes, typically, most months, it's, you know, maybe between four to like eight. <laughs> yeah, right. it varies. So okay. sometimes, yeah. And then, um, what are you doing in between musically? Anything else? Um, uh, your lessons, neck in the woods? Starting to give lessons. Okay. Uh, so doing that, um, which I do, I can give, I give lessons uh, available like either FaceTime or Facebook Messenger or Skype. What's the best way to someone to get in touch with you to do something if they uh, want to take lessons? Well, they can hit me up on Facebook, which is David Pastorius on okay. Facebook, or or David Pastorius bass player page, okay. or you can email me, which is at dvpastorius at yahoo.com. dvpastorius at yahoo.com. We'll post a link to that yeah. and to your Facebook page on our page. David, thanks so much for coming by. Oh, thank I really you for having me. This has been a really a blast. Now that you've heard of him, I know there's a lot for you to listen to, so get caught up on that. And uh, stay tuned for a new episode soon. Thanks for the shares and the listens. Make sure you post this to all your bass player fanatics and musicians alike everywhere. Appreciate it.